Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I love it. You did it back just exactly the way I did it. That was awesome. Everyone, let's stand up this morning and greet each other. And we'll, well, we'll greet in a minute. Let's just stand up and we'll begin worship. But you know what? Before we even get started, let's pray. Let's ask, let's ask the Holy Spirit to be here this morning. So will you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine, and thank you for bringing everyone here. I know there were some people that had to fight to get out of the house this morning. It was just something after another thing that, that tried to keep them from coming, but thank you that they got here, Lord. We ask your holy presence to descend on this place. We ask you to be here, Jesus, because we want you here. We know you want to be here, but we want you here. We want to welcome your Holy Spirit in. So, Lord, we love you, and we ask you to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's start with worship this morning. Thank you. 
You never gave up on me. This is my testimony. Oh, you never gave up on me. You never gave up on me. You were my testimony. Shine in darkest. 
such a loving Father, and we're so grateful to have you love us. We get to come here and worship you this morning. We're so grateful that we are able to do that, Father. So pour in this place, Lord, and I pray that that our offerings of worship to you this morning, Lord, that they just come from deep, deep down, rooted in our hearts, and we just pour it out onto the table to you. No matter what, Jesus, a clanging cymbal is pleasing to you with the hearts behind it, Jesus, that loves you. And we love you, Lord. So just take over. We know that your kids are here and that we love you so much.
isn't it nice what he says about us? I don't know if I talk that good about myself, but he loves us so much. I love looking over and seeing Mackenzie smile. She knows it. <laughs> it's awesome. God is so faithful. This week I was uh, able to really spend a lot of extra time in prayer. Has anybody dealt with sciatic pain before? Yeah, it was one of my weeks this week. But you know what? I could have been really frustrated. You can sit down if you want to. Um, but it was so neat to see how God came in and he's like, Lori, are you going to whine about this? Or are you going to take this and let me use it? And so after he dealt with me for a little while, I said, you know what, Lord, use it. And so he took it and turned it into so many people being put in my head. Mary, you were one of them. Mike, so many people put in my head to pray over. And it was just awesome when we, when we let go of that and let him take hold of it. And then he can just take it. And he can use it and say, I want you to pray over my kids. And don't worry about you. I got you covered. But I want you to pray over my kids. So it was really special that he allowed me to see that side of him and experience that. Because his goodness is always so wonderful. So we're going to just continue to worship with him. Focus on how good our, our God is to think of us in so many different ways.
letting us know your feet this morning. I pray that you will be with us the rest of the way. I ask you to anoint the rest of this service. And Lord, I just thank you for loving us the way that you do. We just praise you, Father. We praise you for being our Father. And so give your ass in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to see you all here today. Great to see your smiling faces. And uh, I am thankful to be able to give the announcements this morning. I just want to share a couple things with you that are coming up. Number one, we are having movie night uh, on June 25th. Uh, We'll be watching the movie War Room. It is excellent. If you have not seen it before, um, it is wonderful. If you may be Uh, just kind of feeling a little downhearted about your prayer life, this is one you need to see. And uh, I tell you what, it's inspirational, it's uh, accurate, and it's just a good, good film for each one of us. Um, Be there. It will help support our our ministry that we have for the music, and uh, all funds will be helping helping them and uh, helping move us forward as we, uh, as we are, man, we do have a good praise team, don't we? We thank God for that. So, amen. Also, um, this is not my personal one, but uh, there is a bottle here that says celebrate life on it. You're going to find some of these in the foyer. Um, also, you can ask um, uh, Mackenzie as well as, I think there might be another, but Jane, yes, yeah, thank you. Jane, you can ask either one of them about these, but basically, if you would just kind of want to give, uh, Choices is a resource for our community to help women uh, who have just uh, need support, need encouragement, uh, inspiration. Uh, in the, the, our world offers a lot of choices, and uh, this group offers the best choice, and that is life. We want to see every life matter. Every life matters. I don't care if you are pre, not born, if you, you're just been conceived all the way from conception all the way to death, and even on into eternity, every life matters. So if you wanted to help with this uh, great ministry in our community, Please just kind of put your change. You know, after you get your Starbucks, you might have, I don't know, 20 cents or something. Put it in there uh, and then fill this thing up and bring it back to Jane or uh, here to the church or Mackenzie. They will make sure that this gets used and, uh, and the resource of choices continues to move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to ask Jack. Jack, come on up. Pray over our tithes and offerings today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day where we get to honor all of our fathers. And today we want to particularly honor you for everything that you've done for us. And we want to honor you through our tithes and offerings today. Please take what we have to offer you and use it to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
struggling with life in the real world, you're going to love our latest home speaker device. Hey, Dad, what kind of plier should I use on this? Uh, you should be using a wrench. Oh, do I have a wrench? You have three. Ah, thanks, Dad. Introducing the Dad Personal Assistant, our newest smart speaker with all the character and compassion of a father. Up and Adam, it's a beautiful day. Dad, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's a great day to get outside. It's 6 a.m. Well, then you better get moving before it gets any later. Designed with advanced features, the Dad PA connects to all your other smart home devices. Dad, please set the thermostat to 70 degrees. No problem. Setting the thermostat to 68 degrees. Um, no, let's keep it at 70 degrees. Sure thing. Thanks, Dad. We're going to save so much money. He syncs with your calendar to help you stay on track. Looks like you're overdue for an oil change. Oh, hey, you're right. Can you schedule one for Friday? I've already got it scheduled. Just don't miss it, okay? <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> Seriously, don't miss it. The Dad PA is always watching out for you. Lights on. Uh, hey, it's getting late. I think it's about time for Brad to head home. Dad. The Dad Personal Assistant includes a wealth of knowledge and opinions on a wide variety of subjects. Dad, can you help me with my taxes? Dad, do you know a good mechanic? Hey, Dad, can you tell me a joke? Sure. The joke is one billion dollars. Uh, I don't get it. That's right. And you never will. Ah, nice one. <laughs> oh, I'm hilarious. Based on God's original design, the Dad Personal Assistant is wise, caring, faithful, and devoted. Don't worry. Got this. You are the strongest person I know. You have made me so proud. You are God's child, and you don't need anyone else to complete you, especially not Brad. Really, Dad? I'm just saying, there's other fish in the sea. Okay, wow. The Dad Personal Assistant. Always thoughtful, always dependable, and always there for you. Well, we do want to say happy Father's Day to each of our dads. Would you stand? Let's just give our dads a just a round of applause for being a dad, being there for us, loving your kids, remaining faithful. Excellent. <laughs> so true. I tell you what, my kids call me up, and I'm sure they're watching me right now online, but my kids call me up, hand over faith, and I'm, I'm not kidding. It's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, what's wrong with your car? That's, I don't even say hello. What's wrong with your car? <laughs> uh, no, I am so thankful. And I do remind them, and I'll remind each one of you, I tell my girls all the time, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it. Anything you set your mind to, you can do it. So my newest son-in-law came in to his apartment recently and found their dryer completely apart. You know, the barrel was out on the floor. Everything was, she was on the phone with me. And, <laughs> and I told her, I said, I'm so proud of you. Just dig into it. Just go after it. Anything you put your mind to, you can do it. And with God's help, that is the way it is for each one of us. Amen? Amen. Today, um, I am very, very happy to introduce uh, my friend, uh, my district superintendent, uh, Dave Ralph, we've been friends for since 2006. I think it's the first time we met, and he picked me up at Denver International Airport, and, uh, and it's been a great, good relationship ever since then. And uh, 
key today is God, a word for you. Oh, yes, we need to. I see dads are forgetful, too. Kids, go to Children's Church. (laughs) He has been such a good friend, and he uh, has a word for us today about the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as the Church of the Nazarene, if there's one thing that is one of our primary founding principles, it's this, is that the Holy Spirit wants to transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And not only do we believe that is a want, but we believe that that is a true possibility. As a matter of fact, it's expected in our walk. And so I am thankful for all that God is going to share with us through Reverend Dave Ramsey today. Let's give him a warm welcome. You made a Dave Ramsey. You elevated me to Dave Ramsey. Actually, my name's Dave Ralph. No problem. First mistake you've ever made in your life, Pastor. Hey, good to be with you today. So much fun to get to be here. We love our churches. And... Um, you are uh, part of the church across the Colorado district. Uh, I'm not your district superintendent today. I'm your preacher today. Okay, will you let me just be your preacher today? Uh, because I'm no longer district superintendent, uh, except for 30 more days. I just uh, gave my farewell speech on Thursday, and uh, somebody said, are, uh, are you going to retire? I said, no, I'm not retiring. I'm going to transition that means I'm going to have a gender change. Don't worry about that. Uh, but I am going to transition, and I'm not using the R word, but I hope God will use me continue because I love His kingdom, and I believe in His kingdom coming on earth. I really do. And uh, I want to be a, continue to be a part of that. So it's fun. I know many of you here, uh, Tim and Leroy and his wife from Golden Bell, Jim and Velma, Jim worked together with me very closely, saved my life many, many different times at the district level uh, for over seven or eight, eight, ten years, and uh, he was such a marvelous, magnificent partner in ministry uh, across the first years as I was district superintendent, and uh, love Pastor Matt and his wife, and uh, it's so good to be with you. You are my brothers and sisters. Sometimes when my wife and I leave and go to a new church, um, you kind of go, oh, wow, we're going to new people. They don't know us that well. We don't know them. And I think, nope, we are the body of Christ together. You are my brothers and you are my sisters. I think you could say that, sisters, uh, in the Lord, and we are in the family of, of Christ. Amen? So let me see if God will help me in uh, ministering to your spirits today through His Word, and what He has to say to us today. Um, The Scripture says that Jesus said this to His final parting words to His disciples. He said in John 14, 16, And I will pray the Father. I will pray to the Father. And you know Jesus has prayed for you. Isn't that marvelous? And I will pray to the Father, not only for you that are before me, but those who will come. And he says, and I will, and he will send you a comforter so that he may abide with you always. 
And I want to tell you about a sweet comforter, the, power, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the presence of the Holy Spirit is constantly and always with those who rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit is always with uh, you as a believer. And there, when the Holy Spirit comes, He gives joy. He gives laughter. You say, I don't believe that. Well, that is true. According to 1 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there should be freedom and joy and laughter in the church when the Holy Spirit is our partners and when He walks with us and, and when we walk in the Holy Spirit. And um, Jesus said to His disciples, Now, I want to... I want to encourage you. I want to admonish you. I don't mean to chastise you in any way, but admonish you in this next scripture. In this next scripture, Jesus said to them, and it was his parting words, he not only said it to his disciples, but he also said it to us. He said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but here is your responsibility. This is my responsibility, your responsibility. He said, you need to wait. You need to speak. You need to rest until the power of the Holy Spirit comes. And then you will be clothed in the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes we've translated the, the uh, Christian faith into a set of do's and don'ts and performances and do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that. I sometimes wonder when people drive by our churches, what do they really think? They think, if I go to that church, you know what they're going to do? They're going to tell me, oh, you dirty dog. Oh, you ought to be doing this. Oh, you ought to be doing that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has a sweetness about Him that when He comes, there's a sweetness in His children's life. There's a beauty in His children's life. There's a joy there's laughter in his children's life. When they drive by our churches out there, you know what they ought to say? Boy, that is one joyful, happy, loving place of laughter. That is a place where when you go, there is just joy and freedom. I would like to go there. Uh, that's, that's what our church really should be. I had a great evangelist in my church. Now, you know an old evangelist. Fire-breathing dragon, right? You think about an old evangelist. Not this guy. This evangelist was in our church. Loved him dearly. The teens loved him as well. Uh, he, Even though he was old at the time. You know, uh, I'm celebrating a personal milestone in my life today. Will you celebrate with me? Um, I have the most number of consecutive days alive that I've ever had in my life. Now, some people aren't celebrating that with me. We, they don't want me to have that. But I'm going to hopefully celebrate that tomorrow. But, but uh, I found out if you don't die, anybody else discovered this? You get older. And uh, about, about all of you have discovered that. If you haven't died, you, you're getting older. Well, he had gotten older. And, you know, I used to call older 45. Then I started calling 55. Then 65. Then 75. Then 85. And then 95, now I'm calling older 105. Uh, but he was, he was older in our church, and I was 37 at the time when I was pastoring. 
Oh, he had a sweetness to him. He had a winsomeness to him. Now, if he'd gotten up here and preached, he would have pounded the pulpit. He would have preached like an orator from the 1950s. But you know what? The people in my church loved him. You know why? Because he had the beauty and the grace, and his life was donned with the mantle of the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when I see people who have gotten religion, they, they got the first dose. They didn't get the sweet dose. They got the harsh dose. They got the legalism. But they didn't get that sweetness of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, there's the beauty of Jesus. We're going to go to Israel in November. We've been postponed three different times. And it looks like we're going to make it this time, November the 11th. I was up on the top of Mount of Olives, and we were reading a passage out of the Scripture. There on the Mount of Olives, I've been five times. And it said this. Oh, please catch this for your own soul and your own walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. It said, and they came all the way from Idumea. Now, if you think of Israel, up here at the top is Mount, is Mount Lebanon and, and uh, the Sea of Galilee. And down here at the very bottom is the desert. And Idumea is the desert. Listen to this. They came all the way from Idumea so they could see Jesus. 150 miles. Let's see. If we were to walk 150 miles, I think it was 112 miles to where I live in Denver uh, this morning. It would be another 30, 40 miles north of where I live. Now, here's the point of what I want you to say. I want you to see. They came 150 miles because Jesus had a sweetness and a winsomeness about him. I would not walk across the street to see some people's Jesus. He's harsh. He's difficult. He's legalistic. If you haven't performed right, he's got a ball bat ready to hit you. Right? Anybody else resonate with anybody else in religion? And as I read that up there, across the beautiful part of the Sermon on the Mount, and I thought, oh my, the Jesus that I love, full of grace and full of truth, because he embodied the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been around anybody full of truth? You know, you just, you're, you're not perfect. You ought to be perfect. Full of truth. You ever seen anybody full of grace? All they are is grace, sloppy agape. You know, everything's love, everything's grace. It's just all grace. Jesus was this, full of grace and full of truth. Have you ever had it in your own personal experience when you're not exactly walking the way the Lord would have you to walk? And the Holy Spirit just kind of comes along and he kind of nudges you. And he says, oh, my daughter, oh, my son, I love you. Let's go this direction. That's the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Now, if my wife tells me, you know how to do this, uh, and she needs to do that a lot more than she does, and uh, because I need the help, all the help I can get, right? Uh, I don't say amen there, but, but it's true. I need all the help I can get. If your boss tells you, and gives you growls at you and all that, but when the Holy Spirit speaks to you in grace and a graciousness and a winsomeness, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is beauty, and there is freedom, and there is joy, and there is life, and there is laughter where the beauty of the Holy Spirit is. 
Sometimes we've preached our doctrine. And I'm sorry, we've just called it a doctrine. Because it shouldn't just be a doctrine. It should be a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said to the disciples, you can't do this on your own. You can't manage this on your own. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will help you. Now I'll tell you about this old old evangelist, Albert. I was finished that story. Albert always told me a story. I love I love this guy dearly. And uh, he said, you know, and this is where part of his sweetness came from. His father was a part of the wheat threshers. I don't know if you know about much about what happened in, happens in Colorado historically, but they used to have the old wheat threshers that would sometimes start in Oklahoma. They would buy a thrashing machine. They would help the farmers, and they thrash their wheat all the way up to, from northern Oklahoma through Colorado up into um, uh, all the way up north into Nebraska because the farmers couldn't afford a thrashing machine. And he told me a story about his father, who was a thrasher. He was a thrashing machine. And he said, um, he told down in La Hunta, he said he had a team of guys. They would have to thrash the wheat, and they had to be very careful to get the wheat in before the rain, the winter, the fall rains would come. And uh, he said, we have to get out there. They had to work from dawn to dusk for the harvest. And uh, he said, uh, many times we, my father would have to work uh, night. Uh, late into the night as they possibly could. So he told some of the young boys, the workers, he said, now we're going to have to work late to Friday night. He said, we're going to have to work all day Saturday. And he always took Sunday off because he believed in taking Sunday off. Is it okay if I have this morning? Thank you. These seasonal allergies are terrible. Anybody else want to confess? Yeah, yeah, I got one, one witness back there. Another witness. And, and I'll witness with you about your sciatica, too. Uh, and he said, one of the old guys, he didn't, want to, he didn't want to do the thrashing on Friday because he wanted to go out and party Friday night. He didn't want to wake up Saturday and have to work. And so what he did was he threw a pitchfork into the thrashing machine. Well, they had these cutters that would go through the thrashing machine. And he threw a pitchfork into the, into the thrashing machine, and he bent some of the forks, some of the cutters, so that they wouldn't have to work that night and work the next day. Well, Albert said, you know, my father, he said he had such sweetness of the Holy Spirit in him. He said he took the machine into the barn, and he said he began to dismantle the front of the the thrashing machine. He took the cutters out, and he began to straighten them. And he said as he cut the thrashing, those machines, as he began to straighten those cutters out, he was singing, Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I press. Oh, come in your sweetness and power. And he was so full of joy. And he said the young man walked by the barn, heard him singing as he was rectifying that situation which he had created. And he said he hid behind the door. And he said, he said, if I ever get religion, I want it like old man Neuschwanger. And he said, he said, that boy got religion. He said, that boy came to Christ. And he said, when he came to Christ, he ended up giving his heart fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. He became a minister in the Baptist church. And uh, he said, 
it was all because old new things evidenced the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Does that? I go, oh, Lord, make me sweet. Make me sweet. Make me kind. Make me gracious with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Scripture says, Jesus says to His disciples, I will pray for you to the Father that the Spirit of truth may come. Yes, Spirit of truth, but He will be what? He will be the comforter. Does the Holy Spirit ever comfort you with conviction? When He doesn't, it's sweet. Anybody else? Anybody concur with that? When He doesn't, it's sweet. When the preacher does it, I, I doubt your preacher beats you up, but when the preacher does it, sometimes it can be hard. Uh, when he does it, the comforter comes and he surrounds you and he, and, and he guards you and he says, oh, I have come to protect you and to be with you. And he says, I will send the comforter to you, disciples. And when he comes, he will abide with you and around you and all around you. Then the scripture talks about uh, Jesus says, Terry, wait until this comes in your own personal life. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like a rushing mighty wind came from the heavens, and it filled the whole place where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. I believe it be, they began to speak with power. And as the Spirit enabled them in their empowering a work of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I think is missing in the church today is we're not giving uh, people like we should. I mean, I know it's out there. But we're not giving our people like we should. Now I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a weapon. I want to give you a tool that you can fight with but you can also help in your own personal life, your own relationships, your own marriage, your own, your own walk with the Lord. And Jesus said, oh, I want to give you this marvelous gift. You know we're in a battle, don't you, anybody? Uh, um, Pastor Matt said, you're going to do that, um, what is it? What do you call it? War room? You know we're all in a battle. And you know we're in a battle against an evil one. And you know the evil one wants to work in our own personal life. Well, here, here's, here's what God wants to do is he wants to give us a weapon of the power of the Spirit for ourselves, for our relationship, for the enemy that would destroy us, for the enemy that would come against us and would fight. We were driving up here and my wife said, we, we were in our district convention this last week, and my wife was telling me about one of our churches as we passed them in the spring. And she said one of these pastors... Um, said, you know, I went to my church one day and he said, when I went to my church, there was a guy praying around my church. And he thought, oh, praying around my church. You'd love somebody to pray around your church, wouldn't you, Pastor? And he said he went up to him and he thought he'd join him. Pray around his church. Kind of like Joshua, around the, battle, uh, around the city of Jericho. And he said, I see you're praying around my church. And he said, can I join you? And he said, I am praying to Satan to destroy your church. Uh, it's kind of a bad area of Colorado Springs. And uh, he immediately took the authority of the power of Jesus and said, get off my property. This is, the, this is the property of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know we're in a battle, right? <laughs> you know we're not only in a battle for our church, 
We're not only in a battle for the work that we have before us, we're in a battle for our own spirit. And the enemy would love to, to make every single one of us um, impotent, ineffective, and powerless. And he'd love to do that by, uh, by causing us to live in the flesh rather than to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody with me? And when I was pastored, I pastored for 20 years. Uh, sometimes a pa- somebody would say to me, they'd say, Pastor, why is, uh, is, is there a point in here? I think there is. Why is there this, this, in someone, he would point to someone's life, I, I can remember him, remember him now. And he would say to me, Pastor, why does this happen in someone's life? Uh, why is someone filled with hatred? Why does someone have problem with alcoholism? Why is there these items up here, adultery? fleshly lust, fornication. I'll come back to that in just a minute. Let me, let me describe you to you. Here's, here's what you need to know about who you are as a Christian. God created you. Everybody want to say amen to that? God created you perfectly. Everybody want to say amen to that? He created you absolutely perfectly. And here's how He created you. He created you in such a way that He was in authority over you. And uh, He created you in such a way that your will was surrendered to God. And when your will was surrendered to God, you said, as, as a what we call the Adamic nature, which is Adam, uh, Adam, Lord, whatever you want in my life, I will surrender my will to you. Okay? That's the, that's the person God created in, in the garden. Your reason says, you know what? I'll make that work. Uh, I will renew my mind because the will is an authority over my life. I will make that work. You will renew your mind. You will refresh your mind because your will is under the authority of God. And where is emotions on this? It's at the bottom. It's at the bottom. And you tell your emotions. Emotions, you are not in charge around here. My will is surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ and there's a proper ruling over of my circumstances. Oh, somebody hurt me. Oh, I'm so wounded. Oh, I've been so offended. Where is that right here? It's at the bottom. And it is under the authority of the will submitted to God. The reason that it says the will tells me to renew my heart. I will renew my mind. I will renew my will. And I will let emotion only be dominated by the power of God through the will, through the reason, and through the emotions. Maybe you've seen that. What happened is God turned it upside down. Satan turned it upside down. Have you ever heard anybody live by circumstances? Oh, if it just feels so good, it's got to be right. Emotions are dominated. Oh, I've been so wounded, I deserve the right to be hurt and wounded and, and suffer and all of that. Emotions and circumstances And what Satan does is Satan takes those circumstances, he manipulates them, and he gives you lies into your reason. I don't have time to go through all of this. And so the person that God created in this direction then becomes, let me see, I think I, oh, okay. And then becomes inverted, and I I will go back. But let me just say it this way. I will go back. Um. 
And here's what happens is, instead of God being on top, will, reason, and emotions. Emotions get slipped. And then you know what? The reason says, we'll work that out. I'll rationalize a way to do that. That's what happens to us. And so the scripture says, the carnal mind is enmity of God. It's not subject to God. Whereas there is among envy, strife, etc. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under law, but the acts of the sinful nature are. You remember the, 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 uh, the previous PowerPoint I showed you? The acts of the sinful spirit are obvious sexual immorality, purity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, etc. But the fruit of the, uh, but I warn you, is, as I did before, that these who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. But the fruit of the Spirit is, now let me just stop there. I want to say one word. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now let me tell you, have you heard this preached? You've heard this preached that there are nine fruits of the Spirit. I don't believe that. I believe there is one fruit of the Spirit. Because when God fills us with His Spirit and with Himself, He fills us with holy love. And then there's a trilogy of responses. I'll show you this in just a moment. The, the fruit of the flesh, this is why when pride tells us selfishness is a branch, attitude is a branch, flesh is a branch, anger is a branch, and what happens is, when the carnal mind, and pride is always the root, when carnal mind does pride, it has one trunk out or one branch, one branch, one, and then it has these manifestations. The fruit of selfishness are those. The fruit of the attitude is those. The fruit of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is three things. It is love, love in relationship, love at rest, and love in behavior. So, when God fills me with Himself, live and walk by the Spirit. When He fills me with Himself, He says, here's what I want you to have. I want you to have joy and peace. That's love for me. Does that make sense? Anybody with me? Have you checked out yet? You haven't checked out yet, how many have you yet? Okay, so here's what happens. When God the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to give you the comforter. And you're not going to have to do this on your own. You're not going to have to do it in your own power. And when the fruit of the Spirit comes, He will give you Himself, which is love. Love at rest, joy, peace. Love at relationship, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and meekness. Love in behavior, temperance, faith, and meekness. I want it. Anybody want it? I mean, doesn't it make the life in the Spirit of Christ much easier when we say, Oh, Lord, just fill me with love. Fill me with love. Anybody know what Shazam means? Shazam! Anybody know who said that? Gomer Pyle, right? Some of you guys, I'm sorry, some of you young kids, I apologize. Watch more Nick at night, alright? And uh, Gomer Pyle had always used to say, Shazam! Anybody know where Shazam comes from? I See if I can say it right. Shazam. <laughs> Billy Batson. And Captain Marvel. And Billy Batson always got beat up. He always got beat up by the evil spirit. And he always got beat up by the kids on the playground. And Billy Batson would come home all beat up. 
And one time a blithe spirit came to Billy Graham. Uh, Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah, right. A spirit came to Billy Graham, too, that's for sure. A, a, a spirit came to Billy Batson and said, Now, every time you come up against an opposition, what I want you to do is I want you to say, Shazam. And then he would turn into Captain Marvel. And he would be equal to all the opposition. He'd be equal to all the enemy that, that, that was, a, was attacking him. But do you know what Shazam is? Why he said Shazam? Shazam is a collection or a collectivity of all of the great heroes of antiquity. You know, this, I think it was probably the 40s or the 50s. Anybody want to tell me? Some of you know where Shazam came You know, when Billy Batson was. I think it was in the 40s. I think he actually was on radio first, wasn't he, somebody? And, uh, and he would say, Shazam. And, and, and the blithe spirit said to him, when you say that, what you're doing is you're calling on all the collective spirits of uh, antiquity. Uh, Samson, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, uh, Achilles, and Mercury. And he said, when you do that, you'll become equal to the opposition or the battle that you are facing. You know, Jesus said something very similar. He said, Harry... Wait in Jerusalem. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. Don't try to do this on your own. But I'll send you the Comforter. And He will be with you. And He will aid you. And He will help you when you're over the kitchen sink or over the work desk. Or He will help you in this relationship. And He'll help you to pull the sweetness of the Spirit when you get into that conflict with someone. The fruit of the Spirit will give you purity. It will give you power. It will give you enablement, uh, a portion of the fruit of the Spirit, when, when we live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's how this works. I remember the day when I trusted in Jesus fully for salvation. I, 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 I remember the day when I said, Lord, I'm going to put my whole weight on you and trust in you for forgiveness. Of all of my sins. Anybody else remember kind of the day or the time or the season? Yeah? One of you. Two of you. Okay. I'll come. I'm kidding. More of you do. Come on. Yeah, right? You remember it. Then somewhere along the line, you begin to say, man, this is tough. I'm not sure I can live this life in my own strength. And God says, good. Glad you know that. Glad you think of that. And he said, I've got something for you. And he said, if you will in surrender, say, oh, Holy Spirit, I give. Uh, when, when, you, when you ask Jesus to come in your life as, as Savior, you get all of God. I'm not saying you don't get, give him in partial pieces. I'm not saying that. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, he doesn't get all of you. You start holding closet pieces back. And you start holding hurts back. And you start... You, you start, you're holding these things back, and God the Holy Spirit in His sweet will say, Oh, give me all those areas. I'll, I'll take care of them. I'll come in and heal them. I'll come in and bring the ointment of the Holy Spirit. Just let me have them. And at some point in your life, you say, Oh, God, I'm going to let you have all of this bucket. I'm going to let you fill it with yourself. And when He fills it with Himself, He fills it with, what is the word? Holy love. Love. The fruit of the Spirit is fullness of love. And then you begin to see the manifestations in the various temperaments. And the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, long-suffering, 
So the fruit of the Spirit is love, and it has these three responses. So, here's the question. And I'll come back to the, the fullness of the Spirit. Which would you rather have? This? Uh, which would you rather have? This work associate? Anybody want that work associate? Or would you rather have this work associate? Would you rather have this spouse? Anybody that wants this spouse living with them? No. Would you rather have this spouse? Yeah. Love with joy and peace, long-suffering. Would you rather have this person that you have to uh, live with, work with, etc.? Would you have this person or would you rather have this person? This person cannot, uh, won't go back, this person cannot walk in the power of the Spirit. This person can only, if I'm hitting it here, this person can only live this way by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple illustrations. Somebody said you're supposed to tell a joke or you're supposed to tell an illustration every three to five minutes because everybody's already checked out. Anybody checked out yet? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry if you checked out. I didn't tell you a joke or an illustration every three to five minutes. Forgive me. (laughs) There was a... This, this kind of illustrates the surrender piece. There was a man named Sam, and Sam went to college, and then he went on in the early 1900s, and he went on, to, actually late 1800s, and he went on to college, and he got a master's at DePaul University. And he was such a magnificent uh, speaker as a young college student. Then he went on and got his master's, and when he went on and got his master's, he began to realize because churches were calling, he was a young preacher boy, and everyone went bright, bright, bright individual. So everywhere he went, people loved to hear him speak, loved to hear him preach. And uh, he became so quite renowned, even as a college student or as a, or as a, a graduate student. And uh, he was in the Methodist church, and in the Methodist church, they wanted to have him preach all the time. He became so quite well-renowned in the Methodist church that the Methodist district superintendent, the way they have it, I don't some of you may be familiar with that, they have a district superintendent, a bishop, etc. And uh, at that time, even, even today, they still appoint. And they say, you'll go here, you'll go there. Back then it was much more pronounced in that day and age. But in this particular situation, not only did they not appoint this young man, Sam, but in a, one of the most prominent churches um, in uh, northern Indiana, uh, I think East Chicago is what it was, and um, uh, they wrote him a letter. One of the key members in the church wrote him a letter, said, would you come and be our pastor? Totally out of the polity of the church, of, uh, of the Methodist church. And uh, they said, would you come and, well, you may recognize that guy who wrote him a letter. His name was Mr. Studebaker. <laughs> yes, the Studebaker cross. Would you come and be our pastor? Most prominent member, one of the most prominent churches, Methodist churches at the time. One of the bishops wrote him a letter and said, would you come? And this was unusual because he was so pronounced. He was so gifted in his speaking. And so he was somewhat proud of his speaking. And uh, he didn't know what he would do. And God said, uh, he said to him, Sam, will you give me yourself? And uh, he said, Lord, I give you myself. He said, Sam, will you give me your speaking gifts? He said, oh, Lord, my speaking gifts. Yes, I want to use them for you. And the Spirit said to him, will you give them to me? Now, now catch this. And he said, um, Oh, Lord, I want to use them for you. 
And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to give them to me. And the Holy Spirit said, what if I would make you to stutter? He couldn't speak anymore, right? And he said, oh, Lord, I, I, and he was holding on to his gift. Anybody want to confess? <laughs> Have you ever, oh, I want to hold on to this thing that I've got. Oh, this is so precious to me. Oh, I want to hold on to this thing. And God said, if you'll surrender and give it to me, I'll use it for my kingdom and for my purposes. And Sam came to the place where he surrendered it. Now, that's the point of surrender. Where you say, Sam was a, well, already a follower, but he was holding those things back. All of us do it. It's natural. It's normal. It's, it's both the flesh and it's both human. It's both good and it's bad. It's preservative as well. I, I, won't, I don't want to make, make us unhuman. And he said he surrendered it to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said as he walked out, he walked across the quad the, the, on campus. He said, God filled me with such love. I love this, don't you? Because I don't know about you, I need this love. I need this perfect love. He said, I walked across the quad. He said, it had just rained. He said, my heart was so full of love. I even loved the worms walking across the concrete. And uh, he said, Somebody said to me, Sam, you're different. Something's different about you. What's different? And he told him what had happened. And then Sam, in this story, he go, the story goes on. And he said, God said, I want you to go work for the Salvation Army. And he said, he purchased a ticket, sailed across the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, he went to General Booth at the time. And he said, um, I, want, I want to surrender myself to the work of the Salvation Army. And uh, he said, no, we don't want you. He said, why? He said, I purchased. He said, I've come all the way. He said, you have to give me a chance. He said, no, most of our people don't have a single degree, but you've got two degrees. We don't want you. You'll be too proud. You'll be too full of self. And he said, uh, oh, my. He said, I've, God has called me to this. He said, well, go see my son. He went and saw his son. He said, we don't want you. And he said, uh, we don't want you. He said, you've got two degrees. He said, we can't use you. You'll be so full of self and full of pride. He said, you'll laud it over everyone else. He said, oh, but the Lord has filled me with himself. He said, okay, then you have to blacken the boots of all the workers that were out on the street workers. You have to black their boots. You have to polish their boots. And he said, I'll do it because his heart had been humbled before the Lord. Well, he said as he was in the basement of the church one time polishing the boots, the voice came to him and said, you know what, Sam, you are wasting your life. You are ruining your life. God, you have more talents than you've buried your talents. God is upset. He said, you're giving these over. You're wasting them. And then he said, another spirit came. And he said, Sam, not only did I polish the boots, he said, I washed them. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus washed his feet. The sweetness and the humbleness of that. When the Holy Spirit works in our life, he makes our heart malleable, sweet, humble. And he said, and little by little, God began to use him in new ways. And he began to preach and speak. And Samuel Brengel wrote book after book after book on the sweetness of the fullness of the Holy Spirit when he comforteth home and abides in our hearts. I want it. I want it. Because Dave sometimes has problems with Dave. And not so much with you, but I have problems with me. And God the Holy Spirit says, can I fill you with love? And when I fill you with love, you'll have a, a trilogy of responses. Well, I'll finish that story. One of our famous preachers named Dr. Dennis Kimlow. He went on to go and be with the Lord. But he said, I was sitting in a, 
He said, I'd known about that story. This is kind of a conclusion to that story. He said, I was sitting in that, uh, uh, I was sitting in a class in Princeton. He said, I was sitting there with 72 blue-blooded Princetonian students. All this sophistication and erudition and all that stuff, you know. And he said, our professor of philosophy, Princeton, was uh, was a uh, Presbyterian school. And he said, one of our professors of philosophy, his name was Emile Caillé. Emile Caillé, some of you may or may not know the philosopher, but he was a philosopher. He kind of had a hairstyle like Einstein, you know, all up. And he wore these wire rim glasses. And at one time, he, and he said, he was talking to these, listen to this, 72 Princetonian students. And he said he looked across those uh, horn-rimmed glasses, and he told the story I just told. And here some of these guys were preparing for ministry. He said, gentlemen, they were all men at the time. He said, gentlemen, he said, what happened to Samuel Brandeis can happen to you. And he said, hear this philosopher. says, and it must happen to you if you'll ever be used of the Holy Spirit. Now here's what I'm saying to you and to our churches. Here's what I'm saying to our people. Oh, I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. Yes, I want that. I need Jesus to set me in right relationship. I want that. But then the Holy Spirit comes along at some point, and He says, oh, I have a beautiful gift for you. I have a gift of the Comforter. And when the Comforter has come, He will not only abide with you, but He will abide in you. And the Comforter, He will give you the peace. So, I bring you back to this. The fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. So, here's what I would say. Have you asked Jesus to come in your life? Oh, I, I, I know many, probably most of you, maybe all of you, have asked Jesus to come in your life. We know that. We know and they understand that. But have you also said, Oh, Holy Spirit, I surrender myself to you. I have found when churches are empowered and say they live in the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, the Holy Spirit, will empower them for life and truth. One closing thought. I'll let you go. I don't know what I don't even know what time it is. My goodness, I don't even think we have a clock yet, Pastor. That's that saves most preachers, right? I heard Dr. Jim Symbolist preach when I was on my sabbatical. I went uh, oh now it's been about seven, eight years ago. And my wife and I, we both made our way. We went to uh, Dr. Jim Symbolist Church. Fresh wind, fresh fire, right? Have you read the book Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire? Uh, or Fresh Prayer, Fresh you know, he's written several fresh books. And uh, you know, Jim Symbolist Church in New York City, Brooklyn Tab. And uh, he, he tells the story of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He tells how his daughter grew up in the life of the church, grew up in their church. And uh, she had asked Jesus to come into her life as a young, young, as a young girl. And uh, he said, uh, and she walked with the Lord uh, for a, a good period of time. And then he said, something turned in our life. Kind of good night. If you got kids, right? You know, we worry about one of our kids. And, it, and it, our, our heart aches, you know, sometimes. And uh, he said, my youngest daughter, uh, he said, um, she, uh, she kind of just started turning. And, and uh, she was not living in her faith like she had been as a, as a young child. And he said, she began to, he said, she, as she began to turn, he said, 
what was black seemed white to her. What was white seemed black to her. What was negative seemed positive. Everything was inverted in her world. And he said, and then she left. And, and he said, um, she left one day and he said, we didn't even know where she was. And he said, of course, our hearts were bleeding and they were broken over where our daughter was. And we would hear drift back some things about our daughter. And, and it broke our heart where our daughter was. And we didn't know what was going on. And he said, one day God gave him a vision. Now, this is the power of the Spirit in his own life. And he said, God gave him a vision of his daughter. And he saw people walking, walking, walking. And they were walking toward a cliff. And he saw his daughter walking toward a cliff. And they were falling over that cliff. And God the Holy Spirit pressed, impressed on him that they had to intercede for their daughter in such a way that if she did not stop in her path, she would continue down that road. And God would work. God had to work in her life. We're in a battle, right? We're not only in a battle for that, we're in a battle for our own spirits and our own souls. And he said, uh, he began to pray. And he said that one day he was preaching and one of the men in his church came up to him and said, Pastor, he said, God has told me you're, you're uh, carrying a very heavy burden in your spirit. And he said, I believe the prayer meeting, that Tuesday night prayer meeting, he said, I believe the prayer meeting needs to pray for you and for your wife and for your daughter specifically. And he said, he felt it was right and it was good of the Holy Spirit. And he said, they, they gathered around him and they began to pray for him. He said, there were times, he said, I'd go into the office and I couldn't even, he said, I couldn't even prepare to preach because my heart was so heavy for my daughter. And he said, and as that church prayed, I love what you're going to do with the war room thing. He said, as that church prayed over me, he said, the spirit broke. He said, the spirit broke that evil spirit in my heart. And he said, and God told me, it's done. I've worked a miracle in your daughter. And it's over tonight. It's over tonight. Now that's the comforter, folks. We've got a spirit who will help us live this life not alone. You want to live this life alone? You don't have the power to do it. And there are times I need power in my life. I need power for my son. I need power for my battles. And God says, don't fight it in the flesh. Fight it in the power of the Spirit. And he said, he slept like a baby that night. And God told him, it's finished. I've worked the miracle. Beautiful story. He said the next morning, he was shaving. He had shaving cream on his face. And he was in the bathroom. And he said, uh, there was a knock on the door. And it was Doug, his daughter. I know it doesn't always happen. I understand. And she said, his daughter, he said, what are you doing, honey? He said, I haven't seen you for so many days. Months, even months. They didn't know where she was. They didn't know what would happen to her. And he said, we went down to the kitchen. And he said, she got down on her knees. And she was rocking and rocking and rocking. She said, oh, Daddy. Daddy, God has shown me myself. He's shown me my spirit. He's shown me that I'm in a spiritual battle. And he said, she said, oh, I so need the power of the Spirit to come back into my life. And he said, tears streaming down her face. Tears streaming down his face. And he said his daughter came back and she was healed from a life that had turned from what she had previously was. And she surrendered her life to the Holy Spirit. And God transformed her life. And he went on to tell what God had done. She and her, her husband were in the, became, went into the ministry. But he said it all happened when we recognize, listen, you can't fight these battles in the flesh. Amen? 
You can't fight this battle in the flesh. You can't fight that battle in the flesh. You can't fight the battle in the world in the flesh. You can't fight when this pastor has someone praying to Satan against him in the flesh. We are in a battle. And Elijah said to the poor Bible college students, when 10,000 troops were coming down against them, Elijah laid his hands on the Bible college student's head, 2 Kings 8. And he said, show him that there are angels. Remember that passage? And there were, the hillside was full of angels. And you know what? I wish God would open our eyes today. And you know what? What would happen if God would open our spiritual eyes? Do you think there'd be angels in this place? I do. I think God the Holy Spirit is in this place. I think God the Holy Spirit says to you, Oh, my child, don't fight this battle alone. Oh, my child, I'll give you the comforter. Oh, my child, wait. Let me do you with power on high. I have it for you. It's a gift of the Father. It's a gift of the Spirit. He will help you to, to do all truth, fight all, with all truth and grace. Folks, we've been deprived of it because we haven't been preached it. But it's for us. Amen? Amen. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let me say a prayer. You know what we do sometimes? Sometimes we talk about prayer. And then we don't pray. <laughs> We go, oh yeah, the preacher preached on prayer, but we never pray. And uh, sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit. We never talk about uh, reception of the Holy Spirit coming. And so here's what I want to say to you. I want to give you the gift. I, I can't give it to you. But I want to offer you the gift. I want you to say, oh God, give me a fresh anointing today. Could we do that? Don't, don't stand up. Just bow your head. Where are you at? You may desire... Put your hands up. Turn right side up. And say, oh God, I'm holding so many things in my hands. I'm holding hurts and wounds and sufferings and pains and battles in my hands. Here they are. I'm holding them up to you. And oh God, I'm holding on to them too tight. I'm trying to solve them in my own strength. Whatever is in that hand, would you name it in your spirit? You don't have to call it out loud. It might be an addiction. It might be a failure. You say, oh, I don't deserve it. I, I made my bed. I have to lie in it. No. God says, give it to me. It's powerful when you name it. If it's jealousy, if it's anger, if it's hurt, if it's wounds, name it. It's powerful if you name it. Put it in your hand. And then offer it to God. Say, here, Lord, I give you. I give you. I give you. I've been carrying it too long. Give this to you. Then as an act of surrender, you can say, I turn my hands up to you. And with open hands, not a clenched fist, with open hands, you've released it. You've released who's ever hurt you, who's ever wounded you. Who's ever... And little by little, you'll begin to walk in the Spirit with the power of that. The old wounds, the old hurts, the old pain. You keep releasing them. Keep releasing them. But you say, oh, Holy Spirit, I release it to you. If you'd like to pray, we have an altar. I'd be happy to pray with anybody that wants to pray. But uh, you're welcome to come to the altar. Oh, Father, I thank you for these precious persons here before me. You love every each, each and every man, woman. You, you dearly love us. Thank you. We've been reminded that in the worship time. Thank you for your love. But not only do you just love us, Father, 
You've given us the tools to live life. You've given us the tools to take on our own battles. You've given us the tools to have our own war room successfully uh, against the evil one. And you gave it to your disciples and you said, don't, don't, don't try to fight this battle alone, but receive my Holy Spirit in all the fullness. Oh God, we got all of you when we got saved, but you didn't get all of us. Now we surrender ourselves afresh and anew to you. Give us a fresh anointing of the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us a new kick in our step, a new spring in our joy and our laughter. May there be fun and joy here. Bring peace and joy in your, in, in your home. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody want to say amen? And I receive that. Amen. We receive that. Bless you, Pastor. Come and close this. Did I preach too long? Oh, okay. Sometimes I don't know when to stop. Thank you. What a great challenge uh, for each one of us, but also a great message to remind us where the strength comes from, where our joy is found. It's found in Jesus Christ alone. That's it. It's all about Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit to transform us. And so thank you, Pastor Dave Ralph. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this time. And thank you, God, for all you've done, how you've spoken to our hearts. Lord, I pray that the message that we've heard this morning does not stop as we leave this building. I pray, God, that it will move in us and through us throughout this week. And I pray, Lord, your greatest blessings upon your people here at Woodland Life Church. We thank you, God, for all that you have done. And we're thanking you in advance for all you're going to do. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And together we say, Amen. All right, you are dismissed in the grace and love of our Lord today. be yours for all.